Good evening, and welcome to this Ash Wednesday worship service that is a shared service between New Hope Lutheran Church and the United Methodist Church Westlake Village. We're so glad that you found us online. This year's worship service is different than previous years because we are doing it online, and we recognize that you may not have ashes in your home. As a matter of fact, most of us probably don't have ashes in our home. So we are going to embrace the dirt aspect of Ash Wednesday. In our funeral liturgies, we talk about dust to dust and ashes to ashes. And we're going to invite you to find some dust or some dirt or mud around your home that you can use when we get to the portion of our worship service that is the imposition of ashes so that you have the resources on hand and that we can recognize how celebrating and worshiping at home can be just as meaningful as if we were gathered together in the same place. I hope and pray that this service touches your hearts and prepares you as we enter into our Lenten journey together. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Thanks for joining us for our Ash Wednesday service. It's so good to be together, even if it's like this, but it's uh, great to be together with the United Methodist Church and New Hope Lutheran. We are ever grateful for our partnership. Welcome to the 40 Days of Lent. I'd like to begin with a poem of uh, blessing for Ash Wednesday by Jan Richardson. So let the ashes come as beginning and not as end. The first sign but not the final. Let them rest upon you as invocation and invitation, and let them take you the way that ashes know to go. May they mark you with the memory of fire 
and of the life that came before the burning, the life that rises and returns and finds its way again. See what shimmers amid their darkness, what endures within their dust. See how they draw us toward the mystery that will consume but not destroy, that will blossom from the blazing, that will scorch us with its joy. Let us pray. Gracious God, out of your love and mercy, you breathed into the dust the breath of life, creating us to walk with you and to serve you, our neighbors and all creation. We begin this 40 days together under the sign of dust and the sign of the cross. Call forth our prayers and acts of kindness and strengthen us to live our lives with joy in your presence now and also to face our mortality with confidence that over that threshold comes the unbelievable joy of living with you face to face. All these gifts, life, honesty, repentance, kindness, strength, service, even dust and death, will all be transformed by the cross and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Welcome to Lent. For us from the book of Joel, the second chapter, verses 1 to 2 and 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, 
Spare your people, O God, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples? Where is their God? Lord God, your love for humankind, present in the beginning of all things, extends throughout history and touches even my life. Your love sees failings and forgives. Your love feels pain and wipes away our tears. Your love knows grief and comforts the sorrowful. Your love sees sin and still loves the sinner. Forgive us when we fail to live lives that reflect your love. Forgive us the many times when we take for granted all that you have done for us. Transform us through your spirit and empower us to serve you this day and all days. Amen. Let us end in silence.
the traditional psalm for Ash Wednesday is taken from the 51st Psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give burnt offerings, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. Come and find the quiet center in the Find the room for hope to enter, find the frame where we are free. Clear the chaos and the clutter, clear our eyes that we can see. All the things that really matter, be at the heat and slows the pace. God it is who speaks and names us, knows our being, touches base. Making space within our thinking, lifting shades to show the sun. Raising into each other's pain. Let our loves and fears unravel, celebrate the space we gain. There's a place for deepest dreaming. There's a time for hard to A reading from 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, starting with the 20th verse, where Paul writes, So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you, 
on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation, I have helped you. So now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and see, we are alive, as punished and not yet killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. Here a reading from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 6, 16 through 21. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you.
And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All those days you felt like dust. Like dirt. As if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners. Or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes, that makes its home inside the soil of the sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones, and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this evening aware of how this year is so different from previous years. We lament that we cannot physically gather together. We recognize how we have been scorched by what's going on in our world with the coronavirus, what's going on in our personal lives as we navigate our own personal waters. And we continue to seek you and desire to set aside this time to grow closer to you as we anticipate what comes at the end of our Lenten journey. Be with us this evening that we can embrace the invitation that you give to us and that we can continue to journey on our road to self-improvement and knowing you better. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but that poem by Jan Richardson speaks to me in ways that I can't even begin to articulate all of them. They light a fire in me to embrace the fact that I have been scorched, that I have been changed, but to not look at those changes, to not look at that burning as something that 
lessens me as something that diminishes my value and worth, but instead invites me to recognize my blessedness in the midst of it. Those final lines when it talks about claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, speaks to my heart. And I hope that it speaks to your heart as well, because I think that it gives us freedom to live into this Lent and every Lent in a way that allows us to cultivate new life for our personal lives, for our faith life, and for the world as well. And so I hope that you will join me on this journey this evening as we talk about what it means to live Lent or to be living Lent. In 2016, Michael K. Hirsch, who is a priest in the Episcopal Church in West Texas, posted an article online that said, I don't want to do Lent this year. And I thought that it was interesting because it spoke to me five years ago when he wrote it, and it speaks to me more profoundly today than it did then. Some of it has to do with the fact that I think that some of us feel like we have been going through Lent for the last year. And so I want to invite us to hear his words and to see how we can use this time not to give something else up, but to use this time to let God work in us and through us. Marsh uses a quote from the first few lines of a poem by Mary Oliver entitled Wild Geese. And that poem reads like this. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Marsh says these lines encourage him not to approach Lent as another program of self-improvement. They say to him, or they save him from embarking on a journey of self-punishment in hope of a divine reward. They cautious him not to devote 40 days of his life to giving up only to take back on Easter morning what he gave up. They confirm that he doesn't wanna do Lent this year. He says, instead, I want to discover the soft animal of my body, that tender, instinctual, and deeply human part of me that loves, the part that in the, go that part that in the gospel for Ash Wednesday, Jesus calls the heart. I want to learn what it is I give myself to. What do I really love? Where, what are my treasures? Where is my heart? In the Gospel for Ash Wednesday, Jesus reminds us that one's heart and one's treasure cannot be separated. For where your heart is, there, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The heart follows one's treasures. When I name my treasures, then I will find my heart that soft animal that loves. That's when I have to face up to myself and for better or worse, acknowledge the treasures I have given myself to and the direction in which they have taken my life. It would be easier to do good and less painful to walk on my knees for a hundred miles in the desert repenting, but I don't wanna do Lent this year. Some treasures are lasting and eternal that are, are of lasting and eternal value. Others are not. Some are worth holding on to. Others I need to let go of, regardless of how much I think I love or need them. They are fool's gold. Learning to love and learning what to love, learning what to hold on to and what to let go of. That's the real work of Lent. That's when Lent gets through to me. That's when I stop doing Lent and Lent begins doing me.
Those words from Michael K. Marsh really speak to me as an invitation to not just give something else up in a season where we've already sacrificed so much, but instead thinking about where our treasures are, what our treasures are, and what that says about our hearts. How might we use these 40 days to build and strengthen our hearts, to recognize the treasures that bring us and bring us closer to God and bring God glory? And how do we recognize the treasures that are, as he says, fool's gold? I think that this year's Ash Wednesday and Lent feels different for us. And I hope that we find ways to have a living Lent, one that nurtures growth and nourishment and revitalizes our relationship with our community and our God. I had the opportunity to hear a United Methodist pastor, Dr. Charles Ferguson, speak a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about the sacredness of soil and the holiness of dirt. Dr. Ferguson serves two United Methodist congregations in Columbus, Illinois, or Columbus, Ohio. And he talks about how we were created in God's image, how we were for, formed out of the dirt of God's creation and life was breathed into us. He talks about how as we journeyed away from God, God continued to invite us back. God continues to offer us ways to reconnect with the creator, with God, and to be born again. Ferguson said in his talk that one of the things that we have to do to accept, accept that invitation to reconnect is to accept that our existence is sacred. My existence is sacred, your existence is sacred, and that we are of vital worth to God. We also have to recognize that when our existence is tampered with, it is an affront to the Almighty God. When we do things that bring damage to ourselves or to other people, we are not living into that sacredness that God has given to us. Now, we are reminded time and again that our world is not perfect. That's part of what our Ash Wednesday journey is about, recognizing the places where we have fallen short, where we are not perfect, and to embrace the fact that the world is not perfect. But we need to leave behind empty words and dismiss cheap grace and even cheaper reconciliation. Those are some of Ferguson's words that touched me to the core. What does it mean to, as we are living Lent this year to dismiss cheap grace and even cheaper reconciliation? Where are the places in our lives where we need to restore and acknowledge the sacredness that we have not embraced up until this point? Where can we make amends? Where can we let God tend to that small animal of our body and love who we are, love who others are as sacred and valuable to God? I know that it's strange to think that this year we will be not using ashes, but we'll be using dust or dirt instead. But as Ferguson reminded me as he was speaking, there is sacredness in dirt. And at this Ash Wednesday, we are invited to return to the dust, to return to the dirt, and to embrace ourselves and our identity as sacred, as something that God can do something with. We are claiming, as Richardson would say, what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones, and the galaxy that, that spiral inside the smudge we bear. I hope and pray that this Ash Wednesday, you might take the time to recognize the beauty of the smudge you will wear this evening, 
and that you will have the opportunity to live Lent in ways that are true and profound for you. Whether it's to start a garden and to cultivate new life there, tangibly, physically getting into the soil and working in ways that bring life, but then also taking it a step further to donate the extra produce that you have to community gardens and to uh, feeding programs so that those that are hungry might benefit from what you have nurtured as well. Maybe it is a figurative garden that you need to tend to, the garden of your heart that allows God in, that allows yourself to view yourself as sacred. And what does it mean to live in the world as part of God's sacred community and God's sacred development and how you are a part of building the kingdom? This Lent, I hope that you don't give something up for the sake of giving it up, but instead you nurture what your treasures are and see how those treasures shape and form your heart and invite you into deeper relationship with God. Let us go into Lent, living Lent this year. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection, and it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and the forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. To make a right beginning of repentance and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us now humble ourselves before our Creator and our Redeemer briefly in silence for private thoughts, and then in prayer. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, using some dirt or some ashes that you've prepared. Please administer a cross on your forehead or share the task among those with you, saying to one another this phrase, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. Amen.
our services together. We share our offering with one of the places that makes life easier for those in the Canal Valley who are homeless, in danger of becoming homeless, or suffering in some way. We invite you to give generously to benefit Harbor House of Thousand Oaks. As usual, the offerings will be gathered by Westlake Village United Methodist Church, and there will be directions on the screen on how to make your contribution. In the meantime, let us pray. Faithful God, you walk beside us in desert places, and you meet us in our hunger with bread from heaven. Accompany us here that we may pass over from death to life with Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May God, who has forgiven and fed us, now make us strong for these days ahead as we live Lent. May God lead us and we be found faithful to follow. May the Spirit drive us into the wilderness, burning away the chaff of our lives, purifying our hearts for all to see and be blessed. And may the blessing of God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mercy, master, and fire be with us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.